We like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the word of God as found in John chapter 10. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entered not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbed up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opened, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he put it forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeketh seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my sheep for my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that had a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, 
How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him, Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For the good works we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I am in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand, and went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true, and many believed on him there. Worship the Lord together. With great adoration and worship, we come unto thy throne, O Heavenly Father. Lord, we were outside, strangers aliens having no access we were without hope lost in our own sin until you made a way until you sent a good shepherd to call us you made a door and father we may complain and we may demand more evidence but you have given us enough your word is true it shall never be broken your your son has lived in a way that no one can deny and died in a way that has expressed your love for each and every one of us that we are valuable the most valuable to you. Father, we pray 
that thy word which would go out this morning would not find us faithless, looking for excuses, looking for loopholes to avoid the clear implications of your truth. But Lord, that we would rather choose to be your sheep, to choose to submit to your shepherd's rod, to find our comfort, our provision, in our eternal destiny with you, the good shepherd. Father, we know that there are many who seek access to our minds and hearts, but they desire to kill and to destroy. Their methods are lie in fear. Lord, we pray that each heart here would be able to tell who is the good shepherd and who is the thief. Lord, that they could make their choices and that would not be blinded by pride, by self-will, but they would have the humility to surrender to the only good shepherd. Speak to us through our servant, through your servant, Inspire him, meet his needs also. Lord, we pray that your word would go out in power, not only in this place, but throughout this world. Lord, that you would be able to comfort and strengthen those who could not be here and convict those who may be running from here. And Lord, in wherever, even behind closed doors, even in countries where there is great persecution, that your word which can never be broken, would bring light into dark places and that men could respond and women and be saved to your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When Pilate asked Jesus, Art thou a king? Jesus said, Thou sayest it. For this purpose was I born, for this purpose I came into the world, that I may bear witness of the truth. And Pilate asked, What is truth? Didn't stop to hear what Jesus else would say, he says, he went again out. The things that Jesus said and had to say and must say to bear witness of the truth, they are sometimes hard to take. And those that took special offense at it, they said, he's mad, he has a devil. Does God ask us to believe something that we are unable to believe? Jesus said, if you don't believe me, believe me for the work's sakes. They should make you think. And there were those that were honest enough to admit it, like Nicodemus, who came to him and wanted to know 
said, no man can do these works except God is with him. We know you are come from God. Whether he understood the things that Jesus said was another thing. But he knew he had to pay special attention. Just before this chapter, we, we read about the one that was blind from birth and how Jesus healed him. And this man too, according to his understanding, was able to say to those that in, interrogated him, said, you know, if this man were not from God, he couldn't do these things. And then Jesus offered him the greater thing. He said, do you believe in the Son of God? He says, who is he? Show me. He said, he's speaking with you. And he believed. He was able to believe. Now the things that he said here in chapter 10 that we read ought to be very important, especially Although everything Jesus said that he said and did was in the perfect will of the Father, and he had to say those things, and everything that's recorded and witnessed had to be said. Whether it caused offense or not, it had to be said to bear witness to the truth, because only the truth makes you free. And it's good for us to meditate and look into God's word and see what it says that we also may believe. He said, verily, verily, implying this is very important. He that entered not by the door in the sheepfold, but climbed up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. And they didn't understand that, and so he explains that I am the door. But he's also the shepherd. He is the door. Anybody else, any other tribe, any other way, just doesn't work. When he was about to leave his disciples to offer a great sacrifice, he said, I'm going to prepare a place. Well, we don't know where you're going, they said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. No one comes to God but by Jesus Christ. No Mohammed, no Buddha, no any other invention. It settles it. That's the truth which must be said, and that's the truth which causes offense so much in this world, where even in our civilization, in the Western world, we will tolerate all kinds of excess, except the claim for exclusive truth and truth, by definition, is unique. There's no two ways about it. And the truth must be witnessed to. And to claim that Jesus Christ is the only way causes much offense in this world. And something it upon themselves to be their cause to oppose it. Jesus Christ the only way. He compares us to sheep. Sheep are very peculiar animals. 
they like to be together. You cannot drive sheep. Those that have kept sheep, my brother, he was, I think, eight year old and had to keep sheep for a family, took some experiences from it. Sheep have to be led, and they very easily get spooked. He told us of an occasion when somehow they got scared of something, they paid attention, off they went running, and he thought he lost them all. What was he going to do? He went back to the place where the home was then. Here they were all together. They want to be together. They're easily spoke, and they must be led. They cannot be driven. A brother that you know, all know, he had sheep too. And he had no problem with keeping those sheep. He called them in the evening, and they would come and go into the barn. He went to visit on a weekend away and told his wife to take care of the sheep. And she tried as hard as she could and couldn't get them into the barn. Couldn't. You cannot drive sheep. Sheep must follow. It's in them. And sheep are so helpless, so helpless, so easily upset. They're so easily upset. They're so helpless. It wasn't long ago, it was out our way in the news where 18, I think it was, sheep got killed by an animal. They think it was a dog. They're so helpless. They need to be protected. They need to be led. How appropriate the example then that Jesus gave. And he is the good shepherd. But he also said, his sheep hear his voice. Now, are the sheep so smart that they can tell? Are we so smart that we can tell? You know, sometimes the notion is, you know, I was seeking God, and, and then I found him as if God was lost. God is not lost. He seeks you. He seeks you. But it speaks of the porter that opens the door, which also the shepherd can go in. The sheep, they cannot open the door by themselves. Neither can you. Save by yourself, by your own effort. You cannot. Somebody has to open to you. Somebody has to give you to the shepherd. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. My father, which gave them me. When does a father, his father, give a sheep to the shepherd to take care of? It's not that the sheep know by themselves where to go. Some will take this verse and the following verse. Or the previous verse, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
and they're going to say, see, God chooses whom he wants to save. God chooses, and you got no say. I've heard it in my own ears. It's out there, and if you search for what they believe, their statement of faith, so to speak, or they call it, I know by another name, confession. It's there. And if you are sincere and honest and look at it and say, well, what can you do then? If God decides just whom he's going to save, who has resisted his will? What can you do? If the father gives the sheep to the shepherd, and nobody then can pluck them out of their hand, which is another, yes, it's true, very, but can they get lost, the sheep? Yes, they can stray. Yes, they can walk away and get lost. And there's so many warnings in the Bible, which again, those that spread this false gospel <clears throat> will use and say, oh, it's not that way. They were never really saved. And they excuse themselves. Some of them seem to be very honest. And you can tell by their life that they really mean it. But sadly to say, honestly, but mistaken, mistaken. What does the word say? How does the sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd? How do those people that, the simple people that gladly heard Jesus were willing to stay around and hear those hard words, and yet they knew there's, this is the shepherd. And those people that were so smart and, and studied so much the Bible and interpreted and, and studied it and were teachers of the law, you know, most of them resisted him. There were some honest people among them too that came and asked, yeah. But the majority of them, they didn't hear his voice. And Jesus had to tell them right here, says, because you're not my sheep. The father didn't give them to me yet. That's why you don't hear my voice. <clears throat> That's a struggle, I think, that some that are honest and really want to come to the truth, want to be saved, struggle with. And it's something that I struggle with, too, this so-called predetermination. I struggle with that. I struggle with it. <clears throat> But there were verses in the Bible that gave encouragement. And we know those like God resisted the proud but gives grace to the humble. That gives courage. That's an entry point. And then even in the Old Testament, there are verses there which tells us. <clears throat> In Isaiah, thus said the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me and where is the place of my rest? And he said to those people, you know, that taught so much of the temple, so much of it, 
He had to tell him, what are you building to me? And then he says, for all those things are mine, hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, said the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembled at my word. And the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro to see if there's anyone that asks after God. And God will look to the one that is poor of a contrite spirit and that trembles at his word, that doesn't scoff it off, that doesn't say, oh, that doesn't fit my understanding on which I have relied so much and achieved so much in my life, and now I should put it aside. Well, your understanding just gets you to the point where there are some questions that you cannot answer. And don't just skip over them. But look at them. Perhaps there is something more to it. <clears throat> Again in Isaiah, For thus said the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite hearts. The eyes of the Lord are to and fro and looking. Is there anyone that asks? And then David, after he grievously sinned, David could have given all kinds of sacrifices to the Lord. He was rich. But he realized that didn't, that didn't count. What are you going to do to the Lord? You know, some religions, they say, oh, the Lord will forgive you if you do this and you do that. And, and you know, you offer, give some present to the church, build a chapel. It, it's, it's so deceiving when, I, when you read in the news that even those awful drug sm smuggler cartel heads that kill, cold-blooded, destroy. Oh, he built a chapel. He paid for a chapel. Is that going to earn him God's forgiveness while he continues doing what he does? So deceived, so blinded can people be. David realized that it that didn't count with God. But what did count with God? In Psalm 51 we read, Thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. And certainly he could. He could have done much. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. That's what you can do. But you only can do it when God first seeks you. And he does. It's not his will that anyone should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. It's not his will. He says that. Does God lie? No. God cannot lie. 
It's not because he doesn't have the power, but it is character, his holiness. God will not change himself because of you. He's just, he's holy, and he showed it. How holy he is that somebody in your stead gave the sacrifice. Somebody that had to be sinless. Somebody had to be sinless. And since all men were sinful and born in sin, it had to be the Son of God. And that truth caused a lot of division and still causes. And there are those that deny that he is the Son of God. Oh, <clears throat> the Bible says we are all his children. And the Israelites, <clears throat> the Jews, they acknowledged our father, yes. But for somebody to say, my father, that was blasphemy. And they understood that. They understood what meant my father. <clears throat> That's why they said they wanted to kill him because thou being a man makest thyself God. <sighs> and that's the hard thing to understand. And that's how, where people pick and choose for their point of view. Is he God? Is he not God? The Jews decided. He had said he's God. They understood that. But though they understood it, they were so mistaken that he was only man. And many of the conflicts that you may find in the Bible, apparent conflicts, let's say, where is he God, is he man, come because he's both and had to be both. And because he was man and was found in the likeness of sinful flesh, not sinful flesh, but in the likeness, it behooved him to learn obedience through suffering. Does God have to learn obedience? No. But because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became man, he had to learn obedience through suffering. It's not the easy way. Not the easy way. But truly, he had to be also God, to be sinless. And he came forth. And while he was what we call the so-called Trinity, there was, in the eternal past, there were no differences. There was a lot perfect love among them. Because love cannot exist by itself. It has to be between persons. Between persons. That's how we understand, yes, the Trinity. We can accept that. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And perfect, everything. But when the Son was sent forth and became man, he had to learn obedience. And he was obedient, even unto death. And he became the good shepherd. And his sheep hear his voice. Because the Father gives him to him and opens their hearts. 
It reminds me of when the word first came to Philippi and Paul preached the word there by the riverside where prayer wanted to be made because there was no synagogue in, in, in Philippi. <clears throat> Lydia, the purple seller, <clears throat> heeded the words that were spoken and the Lord opened her heart. He opened the heart so she could hear now the voice of the Good Shepherd. And that's how it happens also today. When the Lord sees a broken heart, a broken and contrite spirit that is, hasn't got any pride left, no merit of our own, that needs the help and cries out to God, that's the sacrifice that is acceptable to God. And he hands them over now to Jesus Christ. And he leads them. He leads them. But the sheep have to follow. They learn to hear his voice. They have to continue listening to that voice and follow. And no one can take them out of his hand as long as they follow him, regardless what's come. In Romans... It, Paul speaks about those things that can happen to the sheep. Persecution, torture, whatever. You can read it for yourself. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God except we can ourselves. That's why we need to heed. And one way that God speaks to us is through his words. The recorded truth. And there's just no two ways about it. And we have to agree on the word. We can speak of our own experiences and so forth. They're good enough for us, and we should learn from them. But when we come together and examine an issue, it must be the word. It must be the word. God is no respecter of person. God is no protector of person to the point where even his son, when he became sin for us, he judged, condemned sin in the flesh. What a good shepherd we have. What a perfect way. Oh, the truth has to be spoken still. As it was then, it had to be spoken. And though people will say, you're mad. But who can separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, shall persecution, shall any, any other creature, even says, even though an angel come and bring another gospel, let him be accursed. So precious is the truth. So costly is the truth. So purchased at a great price. So important it is that we dare not neglect it, but must love it. Anything short of loving the truth is going to get us into trouble. Those that did not love the truth, God gave them over to strong delusions that they should believe a lie. God allows that. Can you see it's a choice? But it's a choice when God's grace is with you. Salvation is not a thing that you just turn off and on at will. In our hymn, it says, Bravely strive when God doth call thee. When he turns to thee with grace, if you feel that tug 
if you feel a desire, even ever so small, don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. And those that are in the fold, keep listening to the shepherd, the good shepherd, that he will lead you in and out, life everlasting, life abundant. Not easy, not without suffering, but abundant with a purpose to mold us and make us. But as long as we are here, we are not yet perfected. Christ is our perfection. In the end, when it's all said and done, there are still many things that God has to be merciful for us. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen.